Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. How many have heard that? How many believe that? <laughs> my husband did that uh, at the nine. He accidentally went. David, I, I could sit down right now because honestly, watching this uh, video, this is actually my third time watching it. Watching this video, I realized he put it so succinctly, the power of words. Last week, Pastor Cindy was talking about, uh, she presented James' words on faith in action. How we take our faith from our head to 18 inches to our heart and put that in action. Our love for God is revealed through our works. In James 2.26, the, uh, the end of that um, passage from last week, faith without deeds is dead. And it was put on my heart to include this also about, about faith and deeds. Um, we need Sunday school teachers. We need Sunday school teachers. And that is a beautiful and fulfilling way to put that faith into action. If you could take one Sunday, take one Sunday just to teach, try it out. But I guarantee you, you will be fulfilled. You will be fulfilled knowing that you are presenting the word of God to these young minds. At the nine, um, many of the way too old youth <laughs> Way too old for me now, youth were sitting back there. And I said, I taught those. I taught those girls and I taught those young men years ago. And if you think that I had any, think that I thought I had any ability to do it, you're wrong. I, I was the last person who ever thought I would be capable. I, I sat and I thought somebody else will do it. And somebody else is way more experienced. Somebody else um, has the talent and the gift. I did not. But it is laid out for us. The materials are laid out. You just come in one Sunday, one hour, and teach and impart the gift of God, the gift of Jesus Christ into these minds. How much more fulfilling is that to put that in action? That you are one of the first people in their lives, one of the first people in their lives that will say, I remember her. She helped to teach me about Jesus Christ. The youth that I taught, even though they are, that many of us have taught, not just me, but I, I was one of the teachers then, they go to college. They're still coming back to Mount Hope to worship on Sundays because this church has had a profound effect on them because of you as teachers, because of me as teachers. We are equipped by God to put that faith in action. So take a moment to consider that, please. It's chaotic. It's crazy. Um, they're all calm for Kristen, so no problem. She's going, I don't think so. Now James is, moving, James is moving in us into how our words can build up or destroy. So going from our actions to, to our words. Let us pray. Glorious and sustaining God, let our tongues be guided by you that we use our words to love and care for one another and bring them 
bring others to you in Jesus' holy and precious name. This topic is pretty uh, scripture heavy. I'm going to be referring to a lot of um, uh, scripture in this, which is a a good part of why I have to look at my notes so much because I don't have it all memorized and I will mix it up. True faith allows God to to rule our tongues. In Psalm 141.3, it says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Paul states in Romans 3.13 to 14, Their throat is an open grave with their tongues. We also are familiar with the scripture that says we are new creations in Jesus Christ. We are new creations. We are not like we were before, but we still have that sin nature, do we not? We still have battle with the flesh. So we can allow our tongues to still get away from us if we do not have it under the control of our God. If we do not take time out to think about the ways and reflect on these scriptures Is this going to build someone else up or am I tearing someone down? We may not even be aware of it, of how our words. And I know I've offended people over the, over the time in my life inadvertently and probably just being mean in my life. And I ask forgiveness. If I see the people, I think I want to, I want to ask your forgiveness for that. We still have to submit our tongues to the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, we still have that sin nature. And we must submit to the Lord. Excuse me. Something's holding me back. I love Philippians 4.8, which states, Finally, finally, the church of Philippi, what were uh, coming to the Lord, they were knowing the Lord. So Paul is talking to them about Christ, about their love for the Lord. And he's saying in this one, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. And I love the way he does this. He doesn't just run through the words and, and say true, noble, right, pure. He, he uh, defines each of them, whatever is, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is. Think about such things. And what I love about this scripture is that it helps me with a guideline. It helps me keep a guideline. Each time I want to just let my mouth go ahead of me and not think, I have to pull back and think, is this good? Is this true? Is this noble? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Is it excellent and praiseworthy? I need to think about that before I open this. And I think the opening prayer is probably a little harsh sometimes. I picked it. I, um, but <laughs> I, I think there is a point where I was like, wow, that sounds a little bit biting, but you know what? It's so true. It's so much better to shut our mouths down than risk injuring one another because it is so, it, it is more hurtful to do that than to speak those words. I believe when we focus on Philippians, it will be less difficult to control our tongues Less difficult. It won't be easy, 
but it'll be less difficult because we have that guideline. Huh, whatever is true, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is, and going down the line to ensure that my words are not just going to go flying out of my mouth. When I was young, um, and, and I had this in my family as well, verbal abuse, where I was called ugly, where I was called stupid, you're too stupid to do that, from people around me, not just my own family. And if you think it didn't take a toll on me, you'd have to think harder. It took me years to, to get any self-esteem I see people that are shaking their heads that they've been hurt that way. It takes years to undo that if you do. And people might say, oh, Joanne, get over it. It's very hard. Have you tried to get over that kind of hurting words when, you're, when uh, it's the foundation, when you're in your formative years and you're being called ugly and stupid and this and negatively uh, impacted by that? You'll never be able to do that. You're not good enough. And the words that you hear, it takes a toll and it carries into adulthood. I'm sure I've done the same to others and it hurts me to think about that. I am not blameless. I'm sure I've done these things to other people and it hurts me. This was a very emotional topic when I was uh, preparing for this. It was bringing me to tears because I'm thinking, okay, I've been hurt, but who have I hurt also when I have not known the Lord, when I have not kept these guidelines intact? There are adults I know that, are going, that go through these issues also. I talked to some, one, one in particular who is magnificent, gifted, talented. I uh, look up to her. She's inspirational to me. And I ask her, why this? Why do you feel this way? Why can't you take a compliment? Why can't? And I'm not complimenting with empty words. I'm saying, I want you to know that you are gifted, that your words, when you speak to others, it's inspiring. And I need you to know that because nobody else is probably going to tell you. Not many people will come up and say that. And she says, it's because I was hurt when I was younger, because I was told this, and I was told that, and that's all I believe. That's all I believe is what I heard when I was younger, because they didn't have control of their mouth. They didn't have control, and now it takes a lifetime to get it through. It takes a lifetime to undo that. And to pray to God that we don't do the same thing to someone else, that we do not let our tongues run rampant. You and I, we claim faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We claim faith as children of Jesus Christ. So are we building each other up? Or do we go out and we have coffee and we have some eggs and we go, you know what? Uh, you know the Susie over there? Did you see the way she was? Don't you think she's, uh... but it's not that bad. It's not that bad because we're just having coffee. We're just chatting. Would you say that to their face? Would you say that? Would you want them to know that you said that? Does it make you feel good? 
that you're just chatting. I've been guilty of it. I am guilty of all the things that I am speaking about. I speak for myself and I want us to think about how we affect each other. Are we building each other up or are we just going out for an innocent cup of coffee and we kind of start talking to each other and then we bring somebody's name into it and then the next thing you know, we're not speaking kindly. And we are not building that person up to be drawn toward Jesus Christ, to be drawn toward God. I love that hymn, uh, the, um, the uh, song. I want, every, I want what I say to point people back to you, God. I want what I say. That hits me. That's one of the biggest songs that hit me. I want to draw with my words people back to you. As we claim faith in Jesus Christ... We have a duty to make sure that our tongues are in line, that we are not allowing, we are not allowing thoughts to enter that are going to come out, that are going to be hurtful, that are going to drag people down. How would we do this? How would we do this? I'm going to go back to action by teaching Sunday school. Faith in action, teaching Sunday school, taking one Sunday I think Michelle's going to go, yes! <laughs> Taking one Sunday, it is laid out for you. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to make Xerox copies. It's all there. And you are bestowing the knowledge of Jesus Christ onto these forming minds. How do I, how do I guard my tongue? I must watch over my heart. I must remember that I claim faith in Jesus Christ. And I must speak that which builds others up. I must speak that which builds others up. In Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word that is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear that we are speaking what is good in that moment. So we are gracing others. So we are glorifying God through what we are saying. Matt, if we can put that slide up. Here's a great guideline, or I feel like it's a great guideline because it has helped me. What's a good guideline when we are about to speak? Is it the truth? Is it beneficial? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Would I want someone else to say it about me? Will it bring me honor? And will it bring God honor? I pray we take the time to reflect on the words of James as we put words, as we put our faith in action by our deeds and we allow God to have control over our tongues so that we lift each other up. If you heard David, it took 15 years, 15 years for his family to come back together, for, for uh, him to have that relationship back with his with his family, for him to be able 
to not be so low by the words that were spoken to him because of who he is. It takes a long time. 15 years is better than nothing, but it's still a long time. So I ask myself and I ask you to ask yourselves, is it the truth? Is it beneficial? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Would I want someone else to say it about me? Will it bring honor to me? Almighty God, we give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks for the scripture that you have brought that there are so many scriptures and so many songs of praise that point to our tongue, our word, what comes out of us to either destroy someone or build someone up. We hand our tongue over to you, Lord, to guard us. That we point people back to you, almighty God, in Jesus' name. Amen.